From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. We know how to lower a person's risk of diabetes, heart disease, and obesity, and it's not a pill. It's exercise. Here with me in the HealthLink on Air studio to explain what science says about the benefits of exercise is Karen Chemis. She's a doctor of physical therapy, a registered nurse, and a certified diabetes educator at Upstate. Welcome back to HealthLink on Air, Dr. Chemis. Thank you. It's great to be here. Now, how do we know that exercise actually reduces the risk of diabetes, heart disease? How do we know that it, it is the reason that we can reduce obesity? There's so much research that supports this, and it's not new research. It's been around for decades. We know that being physically active or exercising helps our body to use our energy better and makes the heart work stronger helps decrease our weight or helps to maintain weight loss. And all those things contribute to decreasing risks of those various things you mentioned. Are there studies that look sort of at the opposite in terms of like whether sedentary behavior increases the risk? There are. And this has come to light more in the last few years. As we have sat more, you doing our work, doing leisure activities. You know, we sit a lot during the day. So research has really looked at this. So probably three or four years ago, the diabetes recommendations specifically introduced decreasing sedentary time. And the original recommendation was to get up every 90 minutes. I found that to be a long stretch of time. The next year and since then, it's been to get up every 30 minutes. And that's really what we see. We shouldn't sit for longer than 30 minutes at a time. So when you say get up, just literally get up and walk around? Or like, what what do you need to do when you get up? Get out of the sitting position. So to stand up, to walk around, both are great. Even standing to do work at a standing desk or you know, to stand at a kitchen counter and read something will be better for us than sitting, doing the same thing. Well, we've got a lot of, like you've mentioned, um, good information out there about the benefits of exercise. But have we seen that people are taking that to heart and increasing their activity level? Unfortunately, no. We still have the statistics that many Americans do not meet the exercise recommendations. And I think part of that comes from uh, the idea that knowledge doesn't necessarily create behavior change. So we can know something's helpful, but that doesn't make it any easier for us to do. So when I work with people talking about increasing exercise, most people know it's good to do 30 minutes of exercise or physical activity most days of the week but it's really hard to transition that into actually doing it. Exercise is a lot harder than taking a pill. That takes a half a minute or a minute. Exercise takes time. So it's tough to get people to hit those recommendations. We've mentioned exercise and physical activity. Are are they the same thing? They're very similar. But the true definition is physical activity is any movement of the body. It could include housework, yard work, child care, work activities, recreational activities. Exercise is a category of physical activity, and there's a small difference. Exercise is when we do something, we plan it, and it ultimately has a health goal. So for example, if I say, I'm going to walk to the drugstore and get some milk, and it takes me a mile to do that, that would be considered a physical activity. 
If I say I'm going to walk at the park for a mile to help my heart get stronger, that's exercise. You can see we're splitting hairs. So which is the best? Whatever an individual wants to and can do. So there could be people who are physically active or have a physically active job or just are are busy all day with physical activity. Absolutely. Do do they still need exercise on top of that? No. When I work with somebody, basically what I say is, you're physically active. Are you meeting your health goals? Are you meeting what you'd like to hit? And if they're not, then maybe it's worth adding in some exercise. But absolutely, some people do enough walking during the day or moving around that it makes up for it. Activity trackers have gotten pretty common, and it's interesting to see when people use them. Sometimes they'll say, I can't believe how much I move around during the day that I didn't realize, and other people are shocked by how little they might move around. So that helps to quantify things. So how much exercise or physical activity does one need in order to get all the benefits? The recommendations really continue to be 150 minutes per week of moderate exercise or 75 weeks of vigorous exercise. 75 minutes. Per week, yes. And that can be broken down, and that's actually a really important thing. A lot of us think that we have to do 30 minutes all at once, and that's not the case. It can be broken up during the day. As soon as we've done about five minutes of physical activity or exercise at a moderate pace, we already get most of the benefits. So if people struggle to get a big chunk of time in, they can piece it together. So that 150 minutes of moderate exercise or physical activity during the week could be done in bouts of an hour, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes, even five minutes. So even five minutes would be beneficial. Yes, the heart health starts to come in in five minutes. We're always burning calories when we're active, so that helps with weight. Um, All the benefits really happen by five minutes. Now, does more exercise give you more benefit? It does, and a lot of us look at exercise or physical activity as a way to lose or maintain weight loss, and unfortunately, the data for that shows that we need about 60 minutes per day of moderate activity or exercise, so more is better. Of course, there is a too much. Sometimes if people get so occupied by needing to do a lot, um, you know, they can get into health problems or um create some negative situations. But for the most part, we should aim for 30 to 60 minutes most days of the week. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking about the benefits of exercise with Doctor of Physical Therapy, Karen Chemis. Now, we mentioned that um, the recommendation for adults is 150 minutes per week of moderate or 75 minutes per week of vigorous. Does that apply to children as well, or, or do they have their own set of... They have their own set. They do. Children and teens, the recommendations are 60 minutes of moderate to vigorous exercise most days of the week, as well as exercises and activities that include muscle strengthening. So if we think about it, it's really playing and being active. You know, playing in gym class and getting on monkey bars and running and jump roping, all of those things come into play. But the goal really is 60 minutes most days of the week. So what are the best exercises? What, what matters the most in terms of aerobic strength, balance? What are, what are the ones that matter the most? I think for many years, the aerobic exercise can be the most important. But by midlife, 
and into the latter years, my belief is that strength is most important. We can maintain independence and do our activities best if we have good strength. And strength is really the basis for aerobic exercise. So for example, if an individual struggles to stand from a chair or climb a step, they'll tend to be less active. Therefore, they're not going to get their aerobic activity. So really, the strength exercises and strengthening activities are so important. And you mentioned balance. Strength in the lower extremities or the legs is a huge component of balance. So our balance and decreased fall risk will be better if we do strengthening activities. So strengthening, I think of weightlifting, is that are there other things besides weightlifting? That's a great way to do it, but fortunately there are other things because everybody doesn't want to get to the gym or know how to safely do strength training. So I just mentioned standing up from a chair. If we can try to stand from a chair without using our arms, we've done a great leg exercise. If that's too hard, even trying to sit without using our arms until necessary makes our leg muscles work. And that's the same movement we use to climb a stair, to go up and down from curbs, so many things that are important in our life. I just mentioned climbing stairs. If we can try to climb stairs during our normal daily life, we will stay strong in our legs and be able to climb stairs well. So it can be something as simple as that or going to a gym and doing a strength training program. Are there exercises that provide benefit for someone who's mobility impaired? Yeah, so we really look at what the individual's abilities are. A lot of people have pain, and it never helps to increase joint pain during exercise. That will work against us. So as a physical therapist, one of my biggest jobs is to work with individuals, determine what challenges they have as far as mobility or painful conditions, and try to find the appropriate exercise or activity that suits them. So somebody may struggle with walking. It might cause back pain or hip pain or knee pain, but they might be great when they're sitting, for example, on a stationary bike. So that may be a better type of exercise. Some people can do standing aerobic exercise. Others may need to do sitting aerobic exercise. So it's really finding the perfect thing for that individual to not increase any problems and to get maximal benefits. So really no one can say that they can't do it. They just need to find the right thing that they can do. Exactly. I can almost always work with an individual to determine what they can do when they go home. Now, does it matter uh, what time of day you exercise? I know you said that we can break it up throughout the day, but is it better or is there more benefit by getting up and exercising first before you start your day or at the end of the day? This is pretty individualized too. There are some studies that show if somebody does a bit of physical activity after each meal, specifically their blood glucose has come down. So people with diabetes should think about that, but it does give us an idea that if we eat our food and then we do a 10 or 15 minute walk shortly afterwards, we'll help to utilize that food for fuel so it's not hanging around in our system. Having said that, probably the best time that people will routinely fit it in is in the morning. The earlier day in the day we can exercise, the more likely it is to happen. I suspect many of us realize that as the day ends with our work day or other activities, time gets away from us and it's pretty easy to go home, have dinner, and want to sit and relax. 
So I think it's tough to fit it in late in the day for a lot of people. But the bottom line is the best time is whenever an individual will do the exercise uh, routinely when they most enjoy or least dislike doing it. (laughs) Now, most medications come with side effects or possible risks. Are there any downsides to exercise? Yes, I mean, we can get injured with exercise, so it's really important to pay attention to our body. There's some soreness that can come in the muscles, especially from strengthening exercise. If it doesn't get in the way of our normal activities, if it goes away within a day or two, that's okay. I mentioned earlier, increasing joint pain is not helpful, but the appropriate exercise, working the muscles around that joint, can actually decrease the pain. So it's really important to pick the exercise that doesn't cause any problems and to pay attention to your body. Um, The other thing, you know, there's the symptoms of bad things like having a heart attack. So if somebody feels ill or doesn't feel well while they're exercising, if they get dizzy, lightheaded, have pain, unusual shortness of breath, they should absolutely stop that exercise or activity and potentially call 911 to get help. And people who are just starting an exercise regimen, um, I've always heard, you know, check with your doctor first. Is that really, you really do need to do that? Fortunately, most of us don't because that's a barrier too. So the general recommendations are if we're going to do an exercise program that's similar to the intensity of our normal daily activities, we can just get started. So if I decide I'm going to start a walking program, and I do that at a pace that I'd walk through a grocery store or I'd walk to go from work to my car, then I just need to get started with that. If it's an exercise that's more vigorous than what we're accustomed to, and especially if somebody has some medical issues, then they should check with their health care provider and get checked out and help get focused on the right type of exercise, and most importantly, the right intensity, because that's what can help us the most or hurt us the most. Well, thank you to Karen Kimmis, a doctor of physical therapy and a certified diabetes educator. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.